Hello everybody, welcome to another episode, episode 76 of the Canberra Football Show. Back at it for another weekend of action. This is recapping everything round four, and we mean everything, aka there weren't too many matches played as usual due to the weather. And we welcome back Russ Gibbs to the show. Russ, it's been a while. How how you been, mate? Well, not a while since I've seen you. I commented with no, you yesterday, just in general. <laughs> yeah, I saw you on the weekend, mate. We were at a game together, don't you remember? Uh, I'm really good. Been banished to the bedroom because the kids are uh, causing havoc in the other rooms. So, um, yeah, it's been a good week. I've uh, been a bit busy. Um, plenty of games going on, which is great. We love our football here. And uh, we've had some good matches on the weekend. The ones that did survive the weather, it wasn't the best weekend. I just counted my phone calls. On Sunday morning from 9 till 1.30, had about 65 phone calls with games being postponed left, right and centre. And it, yeah, it was one of those weekends, but we're used to it in Canberra. Yeah, we certainly are. Michael, how's it going today? You got your camera issues fixed from last week? Yeah, so everyone can be exposed to this uh, beautiful face, mate. So had to had to get it fixed up. But um, nevertheless, I mean, it, it was obviously disappointing that we've had uh, obviously quite a few games suffer uh to the terrible weather that was over the weekend but at the same time at least there was some football action being played even though it was in not so ideal conditions so i mean we'll still break it down still some very good games that that went ahead so let's get into it so the first match uh, was the o'connor knights getting a a big win over the monaro panthers there in o'connor uh, for O'Connor Knights, it was a Tichenko own goal and Pat O'Rourke scoring from the penalty spot. And for the Monaro Panthers, goal scorer was Connor Minot Smith. So a great come from behind victory for O'Connor in this one against a Panthers side that looked to be picking up a little bit of uh, momentum in recent weeks, having picked up some very good results in this early part of the season. And obviously in the first half of play, you could sort of see the the headlines were sort of being written already when uh, Minot Smith managed to sort of break free uh, of the defence due to a mistake. Nevertheless, he capitalised and uh, scored very, very confidently uh, past the goalkeeper into the back of the net to give uh, his new club, Monaro, a lead over his old club, uh, O'Connor, inside the first 30 minutes. Uh, like I said, he showed great pace to sort of capitalise on that um, error there at the back for O'Connor. So it's something that they obviously wouldn't have been too happy about. But again, does that come down to the conditions that were on uh, display on the weekend? And then as the match sort of headed in to the second half, you could sense uh, the urgency from the Knights to get themselves back into the game. And they were sort of just knocking on the door, knocking on the door, as you sort of mentioned on commentary, Russ, Um as they scored their first uh, goal and got themselves uh, level, albeit it was through uh, an own goal off Tuchenko, um, which sort of gifted them that equaliser. But, I mean, you take what you get and sometimes you make your own luck when uh, you're playing well. And that was the case in that instance. You know, then what, what they did was they then carried that momentum after getting themselves level to find the winner six minutes from the end, as O'Rourke showed, you know, nerves of steel to convert from uh, the spot and give Knights a valuable home win against the Panthers. So a great come from behind win for O'Connor. That's going to fuel them with a lot of confidence. Obviously, for Monaro, it's a little bit unfortunate in the sense that they had 
worked hard to get themselves a lead and it sort of just slipped away from them once they conceded the own goal. The sort of confidence dropped a tad bit and from that moment onwards, O'Connor were able to capitalise and end up winning this match. So full credit to Alex Trenich and his squad for getting the victory. Russ, what were your thoughts uh, on this contest as you were um, there present for this one? Yeah, better give a shout out to Milo Trenich as well because being the head coach, just sure it wasn't all Alex that did all the work. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a it was a really good game of football considering the conditions. The conditions were absolutely dreadful. Uh, the rain came down in in absolute bucketfuls um, at one stage in the first half. You could barely see what was going on. It was that bad. I felt for the players out there. And credit to both teams, they gave us a really good spectacle considering the conditions. I think both of them uh, at half time would have been reasonably happy with what they'd done. Uh, as we'd seen from O'Connor Knights for most of this season, they've created chances, plenty of them. Hadn't been able to take them again, which would have been really frustrating for their coaching team. They've got some real talent in that front three and uh, just to not be able to find the net in the first half was frustrating. Connor Minot-Smith made the difference with that, pouncing on that error by Connor Bill to score and it was inevitable. I think we said on comms it was written in the stars. Well, it seems to happen all the time, doesn't it? Players score against their former clubs. Took it really well and you think, well, maybe Monero would have kicked on, but they didn't. Excellent second half from the Knights, got themselves back into it. Real impact was the substitutes. The people that... Um, Milo Trenenic was able to bring off the bench, like I suppose for Ahegi and Iko Kresic and, and the like. They made a big difference in the second half and they got themselves back into it. Lovely run from James Driscoll uh, to beat a few players. Um, perhaps Monero thinking, the fullbacks were thinking, maybe I should have fouled him. Unfortunate for Robert Kachenko. And it was uh, the worst probably 15 minutes of his career with the own goal. And then he conceded the penalty. Didn't see Pakimanda um, coming in behind him and swung a boot. It, Patrick O'Rourke doesn't miss those chances. He's very good from the spot. Um, for the Knights, I think it's a really good win. They needed to back up the victory over Tuggeron. Uh, They scored some really good goals in that game. That Everyone expected them to beat Tuggeron. Everyone expected this to be a much tougher test than it was. And they proved that they're going to be there or thereabouts again this season, um, basically because of the depth of their squad. They've got some good young players coming through. They've got some real talent in that team. And they're going to be hard to beat. They've had a lot of games at home. Uh, they've had all their games at home. Even their away game against Canberra Olympic was at home. They've got another home game this weekend. So um, when they get on the road, we'll see how they they they, uh, they play there. We know they love their transition. Um, so I think they'll be OK. Monero Panthers, they need to find a way to get their ball players on the ball a bit more. Uh, Rocco Stricker's playing out on the left at the moment. He's being involved in the game uh, far too sporadically for my liking. I think you need to get him on the ball um, in advanced positions and that will help the Panthers um, create more chances and, and score more goals. They've got talent themselves. We've seen it. They've, they've been really inconsistent since they won the grand final last year. Their results have gone one, lost, one, lost, one, lost, one, lost. And they've got a game this weekend against Canberra, Croatia. So on that basis, they're going to win. But they need to find more consistency. They've got to find a way to cover for the absence of David Jenkins in defence. They're missing Adam DeFranceschi at the moment. He was injured on the weekend, uh, had a knock, big miss for them. Um, they would put Gabe Cole into defence. He's a good defender, Gabe Cole, but he's much better as a number six. Uh, they've got to juggle ways. I think Ian Worthington's looking at ways he can make that side more potent going forward. Well, and a shout out finally to the two goalkeepers who I thought were excellent again on the weekend. Jordan Fertel made two or three outstanding saves and Seb Arantz is growing into that role as the Knights number one week by week. In the end, on the balance, Knights probably edged it because of their um, the bench that came on and offered more than what came off the bench for the Panthers. Um, 
both teams will be heading into this week looking to uh, to get more fluidity and cohesiveness in their game. Absolutely. Definitely a lot to ponder for both of those teams uh, going forward, Russ. Uh, Matt, do you want to get into our next matchup? Yeah, and the next matchup, as I alluded to before, Russ and I called at another rainy um, another rainy match, uh, but it was on the synthetic, so uh, the match was able to play on a competitive first half. Uh, Olympic uh, had the better, I would say, of, of the chances in this uh, stanza, as, as Russ likes to say, as they... Um, hit the post and had a few other chances as well. Uh, when the second half began, Tuggy started with a flurry. There was a great combination play from memory, uh, which ended up with Stevens chipping uh, the ball over the top for, I think, I believe it was Hislop uh, had uh, struck and uh, he went just under the um, the crossbar, but it was an absolutely fantastic save from Seb Usai. Uh, not long after that, Luca Flores early in the second half was sent uh, with a straight red, um, maybe Russ can confirm. Was it? I'm assuming it was for um, him, sort of pulling down his marker. Um, and we we were we weren't sure at the time. Uh, despite of the numerical uh, disadvantage, that was Olympic that took the lead. 76th minute, Nick Popovich picked up the ball in midfield, passed it to Thomas James. Thomas James neatly uh, sort of dinked it with a side kick um, over his marker downfield for Popovich to run onto, dribbled it down the left inside and cut it in and struck it just under the crossbar. Absolute bullet there. Olympic doubled their lead two minutes later as Nathan Magic stood tall for a towering header um, to put it in the back of the net. And what a way for him to celebrate his 100th MPL game. Congratulations to him for the milestone. Three in style as Thomas James stepped up from the free kick just outside the box and unleashed an absolute bullet into the back of the net uh, to make it three. It was an absolutely fantastic free kick there. Uh, fantastic victory from Olympic, especially after being one man down. Uh, it's not easy uh, with that sort of margin, having that numerical disadvantage. Uh, but Paolo McCaw, I'm sure, would be very happy with that um, that turnaround, the way they finished that game, considering the circumstances. They're now tied with Tigers with a match in hand um, at the to- uh, Sorry, they're now tied with Tigers at the top of the table. Tigers will have a match in hand, of course. And another important thing for Olympic was. Uh, it's another clean sheet for them. Three and four matches now. They've uh, kept clean sheets in the league. Tavern, on the other hand, um, Russ and I were discussing in commentary that it felt like they were putting in that um, that full ninety minute performance that they um, that they that they haven't uh, really put in this year. And um, they defended very well, I thought, and uh, played quite well as well up until that goal. And uh, the question was really. If they conceded in this game, were they able to stop goals in quick succession? Unfortunately for them, as soon as they conceded, two minutes later, a minute and a half later, uh, they conceded. And then there was a one, of course, before the end of the game. So um, hopefully Tyronong can um, sort of fix the issues when they concede. But you can see it is getting there. That 90-minute performance is getting there. And and like I sort of said on commentary, if this is going to happen, you'd rather at the start of the season... Uh, that then at the end. So, um, but they're still searching for their first win, and they also face the Wanderers, who are also searching for their first win this weekend. So, uh, a lot to play for for both sides. There, Russ, uh, you're of course calling this one with me. Uh, what did you make of the uh, the encounter? Well, I'll start with Tuggeron first, and I thought they actually played pretty well. Hmm. It took three special goals um, to to see them off, and I think mitigating circumstances. You look at look at the positives from that from Tuggeron. Yeah. 
as I said, the three goals were really well taken and we'll come to that in a minute. Cam Doherty's return at centre-back was good for them. Uh, he lacks a bit of match fitness, of course. He's not played for over a season and a bit because of his knee injury, but he got through 90 minutes on an AstroTurf field. Um, and just his sheer presence, his communication skills, his ability to to pick up the younger players around him made a big difference. Once again, we saw Tuggeranong as an attacking threat, creating some half chances. Um, need to get Sam Walker into the game a bit more. Uh, that's something that Mitch Stevens will be working on, I'm sure, in the week. He's got Luke Stevens, Sam Walker, and we need more out of Juniak Chalar as well. He's been pushed out to the left a little bit. And he's not getting the opportunities perhaps that he would like. But they need to be more ruthless when they get the chances that they that they get. Last year in the CPL, they created loads and they scored a lot, but they missed a few as well. You can't do that in the Premier League. I think what they've done this week that was better than last week, they've stopped giving away silly goals. Um, Olympic worked really hard for those goals. They're all three really well taken. Thomas James, the architect of all three, his link up with Nick Popovich is getting better and better every week. And, and it's, it's great to watch just some quality players. We mentioned it at the time, though. The big name players for Olympics stood up when needed. Luca Flores' dismissal nine minutes into the second half left them shorthanded. In my opinion, and it's only my opinion personally, I don't think it's a red card offence, but it is what it is. The referee's seen it differently. And as I mentioned to people today, when we're looking at it from our angle, we're a little bit elevated. We're side on. Everybody else has a different view from we do. So whatever they see might be a little bit different from where we're at. I know Luca Flores felt really gutted that he was sent off for that. It didn't make a difference to the game. It really poked the bear, I think, and Olympics stood up. They needed to. Thomas James took the game by the scruff of the neck. His dead ball delivery is sensational. That free kick to find Nathan Medjic um, was was unbelievable. To drop it into that situation, that, that part of the area where it just needs a touch to go in, sheer quality. And his goal himself in the free kick was, was out of the top draw. Didn't matter there was a man on the line or four in the wall. It was just unstoppable. Tuggeron will look at the goals though and go, okay, can we perhaps have avoided these goals? Yeah, they could have. Could someone maybe have taken a, a team foul on Nick Popovich? Could they have shown him the outside, but take nothing away from a brilliant piece of skill and a great finish? Could Adam Stevens have come and punched that ball um, with Nathan Medjic? It was right in no man's land. It was his debut. He had an outstanding debut, the young lad in goal. He made some great saves. One in the first half in particular from Cal Smith was superb. Um, maybe when he's got a bit more experience in the belt, he comes for that. Do they need to give away a needless free kick on the edge of the penalty? Yeah, probably not. But they've been churlish here and looking uh, uh, for a team that's on the up in Canberra Olympic. A negative from their point of view, and I spoke to Paul McCaw about this beforehand, from a neutral point looking in, is they need to do things with a little bit more zip, in my opinion. I think they need to just move it quicker. Because when you look at the quality they've got through that team, if they do move it fast... Not many other sides are going to be able to live with the likes of James Popovich, um, uh, you know, Luca, Luca Flores and everybody else. A shout out to Nathan Magic, as you say, 100 games for him and a goal. And Ellie Darwich, 50 matches. He filled in at left back. They were missing um, Alan James, who's a crafty midfielder for them. We know how much quality he brings. They were missing Adrian McCaw. And they've gone, gone away on a field they don't like, on the AstroTurf. They make no bones about They don't like playing on it. They've come away with a very professional three points, a very professional win with 10 men, and they look very hard to stop. And this weekend's game, when they play Tigers, is going to be brilliant. Yeah, that yeah. definitely should be a cracker there. 
The other two games, of course, this weekend were postponed. They were Tigers and Gungahlin and Canberra Croatia and West Canberra Wanderers. So look out for them uh, throughout the season. Uh, Michael, what are our fixtures for this weekend? Yeah, so this weekend we've got West Canberra Wanderers up against Tuggeranong United, which was briefly mentioned before in our breakdown. Saturday, May 6th, 2pm at Melrose Synthetic. Follow that with O'Connor Knights, as Rush mentioned, at home yet again, uh, again this time against Gungahlin United. Saturday, May 6th, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. We've then got Tigers FC up against Canberra Olympic. That's going to be an absolute cracker. Saturday, May 6th, 3 p.m. at AIS Grassfield 2. And lastly, another fantastic game will be on display with Monaro Panthers up against Canberra Croatia. Saturday, May 6th, 5.45 p.m. there at Riverside. So, I mean, if you're catching one of the, you know, the 3 o'clock matches or the 2 p.m., game uh, with West Canberra and Togonong. You can pop over to Queanbeyan and catch the uh, Monaro and Canberra-Croatia game. So plenty of football on Saturday for the NPL uh, competition. Uh, nevertheless, Matt and Russ will move into uh, MPLW and we'll kick things off. With- Before you do, Michael, though, just a quick one for you guys. I like these quirky things. If you look at the league table this weekend, we've got um, number one at home to number two, number three at home to number four, number five at home to number six, and number seven at home to number eight. It's like a mini right. final series, which is <laughs> I don't think right. I've ever seen that before in uh, in all my time at Capital Football when we've been doing games. I've never seen a, a, a league table after five rounds. And then we've got these games coming up where they're all playing each other. And, and it's a big weekend for those teams because if you look at, for example, the winner of Knights and Gungarlin, with the teams around them playing each other, they can move significantly up the table and, and and put a little bit of a buffer between those below them as well. So it's a really big weekend in a number of number of reasons for both these, uh, for all eight teams in the competition. Um, I'll be at the two o'clock game with Frank Keisha for West Canberra versus Tuggerong. Massive match for both those teams. And then we'll nip across to uh, the Panthers and Croatia in the afternoon. But yeah, a bit of a quirky fixture list this weekend. Uh, thought I'd bring it up because it doesn't happen very often. No, it, it, it certainly doesn't. Uh, but it's uh, great that you did uh, mention that, Russ, because I was looking at the uh, the table earlier and I had sort of thought about it. Like, I was looking at the table, I was like, oh, that's a little bit weird. But now that you sort of, yeah, brought it up, uh, no, that's exactly the case. So um, it's, yeah, like you said, going to be a great round uh, of fixtures, some really great games. So hopefully, uh, like I mentioned before, you can get out and watch... Uh, any of those games, they're going to be absolute crackers. Uh, but now we'll move on to MPLW, where we had Tuggeranong United playing host to Canberra Croatia. It was Canberra Croatia, the away side, pulling away with a 4-1 victory. Gregson on the score sheet for Tuggeranong United, whereas for Canberra Croatia, we had Barach, Palombi, Fensum and Mitchell scoring for the visitors. You know, for Tuggeranong United... In this match, it proved to be a bit of a nightmarish uh, start as they sort of conceded two goals in the opening 17 minutes of play. But what they did really well was they managed to get themselves back in it just before the 20-minute mark to make it 2-1. So we were already treated to three goals in the first you know, 19 minutes of play, which obviously makes very good viewing for uh, the fans that were in attendance or those watching uh, online on Bar TV. 
Um, and I mean, for Togonong, it was a great goal from uh, Gregson. I mean, outside of the box, sort of takes a few touches, sets herself up and finds the corner of the goal. So that was an absolutely outstanding strike from her. And then the game sort of managed to settle after that first sort of frantic 20 minutes uh, that, that I mentioned with the three goals there. Um, and then Canberra Croatia sort of stretched that lead back out um, to two goals, uh, thanks to Fensum. Uh, finding a bit of space in the box as the as the result of a corner that had been swung in, it sort of pinballed slightly in there. It was a little bit scrappy, but, I mean, you're not really complaining if that's uh, your team scoring the goals. So uh, they were able to make it 3-1 at that moment in time going into the break. And sort of as we went on into uh, the second half, we've already talked about the not so ideal uh, conditions in uh, on the on the weekend, and Charlie Mitchell obviously wouldn't have believed her luck uh, when she scored the fourth goal uh, and the only goal of the second half uh, due to an unfortunate slip uh, from the Togonong keeper uh, taking uh, a free kick. The ball sort of just fizzed straight straight into her feet, and then she obviously had the the calmness and the composure to steer the ball uh, into an empty net. So obviously a very good result for Canberra Croatia uh, as we expect them uh, to be uh, a, a dominant force uh, winning matches uh, in, in this competition. And I'm sure, you know, from what uh, Togonong United put forward in this match, they can certainly take positives out of it. That's for sure. So Russ, what were your thoughts on this one? And obviously another game that you were at uh, Canberra Croatia, obviously get the victory, but are there signs uh, that Tuggeron can draw from that in a positive light going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I said it on commentary on Friday. I was with Anthony Jagarinitz on that one, and they were 2-0 down after 17 minutes. And I, I feel that Tuggeron from three or four years ago might well have crumbled after that and conceded a, an absolute raft of goals. But this team seems to be made of much sterner stuff. Paolo Romero's got a really good young group there. He's got um, impact off the bench. We mentioned how important that was in the men's NPL with the Knights. He's got good young players that can come on. They they To find themselves 2-0 down was was a bit harsh. Um, Canberra Croatia started brightly. The conditions were awful again. The, the rain came sheeting down. We had some lightning flashing around the ground uh, during the reserves game. It was a bit further away, so there was no real um, chance of it being cancelled. But it wasn't great for the players. Kit would have been heavy. It was, you know, wet pitch, et cetera, et cetera. But Canberra Croatia started brightly. They did well. Tuggeron got themselves back into it. And as you mentioned, the goal from Charlie Gregson was beautifully taken. Uh, wonderful for uh, a finish from the edge of the area. And they could have got to 2-2. They had some half chances in the box and, and they felt like they were strong. But as you mentioned, Rhiannon Fenson finishing like a centre-forwards spinning in a six-yard box to score. She doesn't get as many goals as perhaps she could off of corners. We allude to it all the time when we watch it because she's great in the air. Uh, this time she did get one. It wasn't through the route we expected, but it was a brilliant finish nonetheless. They're still not quite clicking Canberra Croatia in terms of an attacking force. It, it, it's very easy to see why. Obviously, they're missing the the big-name players that they had in their last year. Your Becky Keating, Jenny Bissett, Grace Gill, Krista Hagen all unavailable or not playing for one reason or another this year. So it's taking a while for the new group to settle into their new roles. But Zoran's got them 
playing some good football. They like to spread it wide. I really particularly like the overlapping fullbacks in Brandy Nicholson and Zoe Sobchak. They they get up and down that flank and they provide real outlets. Um, once that starts to click for them, um, once they start to understand their roles in that in that formation a bit better, uh, they will they will give some sides a right going over. I'm sure of it. Tugging on United, well they battled um, as we knew they would. They tried to get Rainy Niles on the ball as much as they could as we knew they would because she's their creative influence. Just in the final third, it wasn't quite working for them. They they did have some pretty good balls into the penalty area. There was no one there to finish at the time. They just need to make that a little bit more of a priority in terms of being a bit more careful in the final third because defensively, they're pretty strong. They were missing a couple of big players for them. Lara Mustaine wasn't there on the weekend uh, on Friday night. Her job means that she can't. Uh, play, but they were missing her, and that's a big miss for them. And Sarah Daisley, of course, 100 games of MPL experience, you're missing that as well. It's going to hurt you. But in the main, I thought they, def- they they played well, they defended well. It was a contest. It was a good contest. And whilst Canberra Croatia won the game and were, were never looking likely that they might lose the game, they certainly were made to work hard and they were kept honest till the very end. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, do you want to get into our uh, next fixture. Yep, our next fixture was Belcon United 4-0 against the West Canberra Wanderers. Maddie Steinacker opened the scoring from the home side 19 minutes in as she did a, a nice one-two with Riley Ewan before placing it past the keeper. Five minutes after that, Riley Ewan made it two for the Blue Devils as Steinacker squared it for her and Ewan released an absolute bullet of a shot into the back of the net. Uh, we talked about... <clears throat> We talked about former players against their former clubs scoring. This match had another with Hattie Cram as she scored against her old side in the 65th minute. Uh, she received the ball just outside the box, neatly dribbled around a player or two to her left, um, going wide and then placing it across the keeper at the far post. Very nice goal from her. Ten minutes later, Kira, Bo- Kira Bobbin uh, scored her third goal of the campaign to make it 4-0. Very good performance here and result from Scott Conlon's side. Good and good bounce back as well after that very narrow loss against Canberra Croatia. We mentioned last week um, how they sort of would have had their hands on their heads, how they weren't able to get um, uh, any sort of points uh, from that, considering how good their performance was. But uh, that that probably uh, you know helped. Yeah, light the fire under them. Not that they, not that they needed it, but it definitely would have um, added extra to that as well. And now they sit, but the extra goals also mean they now sit uh, on top of Canberra Croatia. Um, they're both tied on nine points at the top, but have that better goal difference. Um, so at the moment they've overtaken them. Uh, it seems like uh, it's going to be a bit of a tit for tat race uh, week by week in the MPLW. Of course, Canberra Olympic are uh, not playing this week, but. Uh, they will also be there or thereabouts, I don't doubt. Um, and despite the bright starts of the game for the Wanderers, um, in terms of uh, chances, they had a decent amount of chances early on. They're still searching for their first points of the season and they will travel to ANUW next week. So they'll be looking to put some points on the board if they're able to. It should be a competitive match over there um, against the university side. Russ, um, what did you make of this contest? It was almost a perfect afternoon for Scotty Conlon and his team. Mm. They returned to McKellar Park for the first time uh, this season, back to their spiritual home. Beautiful pitch there. Um, the weather would have made it nice and zippy as well, which would have suited them. He juggled his starting eleven. He left out some of his um, 
is is mm. what you would call his regular first grade players and gave some other players an opportunity to shine. And he, every one of them took that opportunity to shine. Maddie Steinacker got her very first goal at that level, having been brought into the team. Riley Ewan's now off and running for the season with a goal, which can only help them because she's a real X-factor player that they've got at the Blue Devils. Her pace and power and her, her belligerence, if you like, around the field is a point of difference for Balcon and United in that division. And she's could be a big, big player for them come the season. Hattie Cram's got herself a first goal now as well, as you mentioned, inevitable against her former team. But when you're a forward and you're joining a new club, you really want to get off the mark. And she's done some really good stuff in recent weeks in terms of creating opportunities for others. She created a lovely goal at, at Canbar um, for Talia Backhouse, but now she's got one of her own. So that's going to be really good for her. And all rounded off by... You're bringing on Kira Bobbin off the bench and she does what she normally does, which is find the back of the net. So all in all, a great afternoon for Scott Conlon's Belconnen United. I don't think he could have scripted it any better ahead of a midweek Federation Cup semi-final against Cambria United Academy. For the Wanderers, they just can't buy a goal at the moment. And then And they're not as bad a team as their results suggest. You look at the games that they've had. This is the first one where they've probably been on the end of something that's a little bit heavier. But as you mentioned, they had chances of their own. They've had that all season. They've been narrowly beaten in in the other three games they've played. They're, they're struggling for goals. They haven't scored since Nikita Perry bagged one in the opening weekend. Um, she's got their two goals this season in League and Cup. Uh, they need to just find a little bit more uh, fluidity to their game. It's, it's a new look side as well, of course, mm. for Ray Castro. He's got new players in that group who are just bedding themselves in. They're, like I say, they're better better than what their results are suggesting. They've got an opportunity to turn it round this weekend with the trip to ANU, uh, um, ANU South Oval. And uh, they'll be keen to get off the mark. And I think that they will um, click at some stage and uh, they'll cause some problems for some teams. And in terms of the other matches that were postponed, we had Canberra Olympic. And ANU WFC was postponed as well as Gungahlin United against Canberra Academy. Um, Michael, uh, what were the matches? Uh, what are the matches for this weekend to round off MPLW? Yeah, so start things off with Canberra Croatia up against Gungahlin United Sunday, May seventh, two thirty PM at Deakin Stadium. Followed by ANU WFC up against West Canberra Wanderers Sunday, May seventh. 3 p.m. at ANU South Oval. We then have Tuggerong United uh, up against Belconnen United Sunday, May 7th, 3 p.m. at Canberra. And lastly, we have CUA Canberra United Academy up against Canberra Olympic Sunday, May 7th, 3 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. So some cracking games in MPLW on the horizon and can't wait to sort of dissect it. Uh, on the next episode. Yeah, it should be another cracky weekend of MPLW. And that's it for Russ on the show. Russ, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, any last words about that? I think you mentioned a bit of bit of cup action, uh, cup action midweek. Yeah, there is a Federation Cup semi-finals this week. Um, Canberra Olympic against Gungahlin United. Canberra Academy against Belcon. And we'll have the Academy Belcon match live on Bar TV for everybody that wants to watch it on Wednesday. Just confirming the venue of that at the moment because it's supposed to be at the AS, but that's been... Cantons already, I think, so there'll be a change of venue for that. I also want to bring in my food watch this week um, because I went to O'Connor Knights on, on Saturday and their Chavapi roll was mm. outstanding with a bit of AVR in it. It was superb. I mean, it's like if you if you get yourself to O'Connor Knights, get yourself a Chavapi roll, superb. But the night before, I was at um, Cam Bar 2 as well and Cameron Mitchell hooked me up with uh, 
the Tuggeranong United Kransky, which was exceptional as well. So there's some really good canteens out there, and we joke about how good the food is here. But if you are in the area and you're going to a match, please support your local clubs by going to the canteen, grabbing yourself a bite to eat and uh, watching some great football. Um, this weekend, I'm on those two matches I mentioned in the NPL as well. We're supposed to be on the ANU versus West Canberra Wanderers with Jeremy McGann on Sunday as well. We'll see how that goes in terms of weather too. Uh, but yeah, it never stops. It's uh, it's great stuff. And that game, the ANU West Canberra Wanderers will be uh, my 50th match of the uh, since January the 27th that I've managed to call this season so far. So yeah, racking them up. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get a century under my belt, which which at this rate will be June. Hello everybody, welcome back to our CPL segment. Uh, we welcome back. Chris Webb. Webby, thanks so much for joining us on an absolute high with Newcastle at the moment, of course. And naturally, uh, we're just chatting off there then. Uh, 20 years, and it looks like you, with five games remaining, you, sh- you guys should be all clear for, for the Champions League. Absolutely incredible, mate. Yeah, it's great. Look, probably the first time this season, I actually think we will finish <laughs> in the top four. So surely that means something horrible is going to happen. Liverpool going to win every game and we're going to lose the rest, but I have a little bit of faith right now. That's awesome. And uh, first time I've had you back on in a while, which is great. And uh, talking about a team with black and white stripes, we uh, kick off the action here with another team with uh, black and white stripes in the CPL. That is, of course, Canberra Juve. They lost this weekend to ANUFC 5-1. Uh, Juventus goalkeeper Jason Denham made a brilliant penalty save early on to deny uh, Chase Deans uh, and ANU's chance for the lead. ANU did open the scoring, though, in the 12th minute uh, as Nick Hope received the ball from a very nicely dinked ball over the top and hit it first time for the um, near post. Uh, Juve recovered from this uh, well, though, and they leveled the scoring seven minutes from halftime as Will Dwight stood tall and executed a nice header into the back of the net. Just before halftime, ANU took the crucial lead at the break as Rory Spears struck first uh, first time to make it 2-1 for the university side. Early into the second half, Rory Spears converted from the penalty spot and he scored his brace and his third overall this season. In the 65th minute, ANU made it 4-1, uh, an unlucky rebound off the post from Andrew from Andrew. Georgiou uh, resulted in an own goal for Juve. Gibson rounded off the scoring and the game at 5-1 for ANU with their second win of the season. Strong showing from them and a good bounce back as well from last week's loss to Queanbeyan. They sit um, tied third place with Wagga and Ugali. However, Wagga are just ahead of both of them by one on goal difference. Another tough result for Juve as they look to acclimatise themselves to the CPL uh, they started the match strongly, though, and uh, with that save, of course, and the goal to level it up, uh, the loss for them, unfortunately, means they now sit in last place with three points, uh, but they're only one point behind the Brindies and the White Eagles. So, uh, as I'm sure we're going to mention during this show, the table is quite close, actually, at this time of the season. Uh, Webby, what do you make of this result? Uh, look, I think we talked about it in... Um pre-season preview that it was always going to be tough for Juventus coming up into this competition. Um, but look, they've, they've done one so surprising well, but well, uh, reasonably well to start the season, you know, fantastic 
win against White Eagles. And coming into this game, I'm pretty sure they were they were missing quite a few. A lot of their um, kind of really senior players, Nathan Dark, you know, who's you know their their biggest threat up front. Um, I think they were missing their new one in the middle, who's another kind of um, bit of a workhorse who's got you know a lot of leadership in that team. I think they were also, and I might be mistaken, uh, missing that young Andre on the wings. I think he was sent off last week, so he was probably suspended for this game. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of outs for a team that's already up against it to, to come in against ANU. Like, you know, it's, it's a huge kind of, you'd think on paper, a, a golf before the game even started, but to be missing those players. So to be one all for, you know, a really big chunk or until, you know, it's those absolute killer goals where you can see the goal in the last minute of the half. If you know, they had they had held out to half time, would have been one all and quite possibly a very different game. But um, so really, hats off to Juventus for you know kind of playing against all those uh, barriers that they had in front of them and still putting in a pretty you know gallant effort. For a new really good uh, recovery from last week. Um, you know, was it those last week's game against Queenie that's that's a big game in terms of the promotion spot and, and winning the league. So yeah, they'll be very disappointed with that. And it wasn't just a kind of narrow little one goal loss. So um, you know they did really well to come back. I think it's very encouraging for Tom Crosley that Rory Spears is kind of getting into the goals. Um, I think Max Model was out this week, but he's due back probably next week. And I also heard that Sam Smith got some game time at the end of this game. So, you know, we talked about him again in preseason, a really top quality forward player. So if if Rory and, and Max and Sam were all fit together, then all of a sudden with Chase as well, A, Tom has a lot of headaches in who to choose because he's still got guys like Tim Lopez and and um, there's, there's a few players he's got up front. So he's going to have some headaches, but as we kind of talked about it, they're the good headaches as a coach that you want to have. So I think uh, for that little slip-up for ANU to now only because of the slip-ups uh, ahead of them with um, Belconnen and uh, Queenbian we'll get into, all of a sudden they're still within grasp and yeah, it's not panic stations at all or anything like that at just this point in time. No, not at all like you said they're very competitive CPL to begin the season, very competitive in all three of the comps, I have to say. No one team is really taking that lead. Um, and then, of course, you had some of the um, the postponed matches into it for some of the other leagues. And um, we really have, I think, a competitive start to the season, which is great to see on all fronts. Michael, uh, who do we have next? Another competitive matchup here. Very competitive match. It took a moment of brilliance towards the end of the game to settle the result for this one. It was Brindabella 1, Wagga City Wanderers nil, courtesy of a goal to Curtis Schaefer, the Brindy striker. Uh, you know, he scored the only goal of the game in this one very late on in the 88th minute, and it gives Brindabella a huge win and uh, their first win of the season as well. So they desperately needed that. They were seeking that after the sort of struggles that they've had to start this current campaign. So getting off the mark will do them a lot of good, especially in a game 
game like this against a tough Wagga City Wanderers team. So from all accounts, you know, it this seemed to be a very close matchup that took a late goal to break the deadlock. And that's exactly what happened with Curtis Schaefer. We've been used to him, you know, scoring goals galore for Brenda Bella over the years in this competition. And it was no different in this game. And this victory takes Brindy's off the bottom of the table and two points off the top four. So it just goes to show how close things are in CPL already and how much a victory can actually change your league position on the table. So it's only a matter of time before, you know, they really start to click and it's going to happen uh, after they've now picked up their first victory of the season. So it's something that Ray Jr. is going to be very very happy about probably had a big smile on his face after that win so on the other side of the equation you got Wagga you know they're still uh, sitting tied third with Yulgali and ANU but lead by one uh on goal difference so they're still kept they've obviously kept their status in the top four it's not all doom and gloom it was a tough result for them to take obviously conceding late but I mean they're showing some great signs already this season Wagga and they have a crucial Riverina derby to Yulgali on the weekend on the horizon. That one's going to be an absolute cracker. Webby, what are your thoughts on this match? It obviously takes a person like Curtis Schaefer to prove to be the difference. He's done it so many times for Brenda Bella. They finally get off the mark. And for Wagga, it's... Like I mentioned before, not all doom and gloom. A tough loss for them to to cop uh, so late on, but uh, a very good game between two very competitive teams. Yeah, again, if we're, if we're talking pre-season, I would say that this is completely unexpected and, you know, a, a game between these two teams would come down to, you know, the, the toss of a coin. But after the first three matches, you know, Wagga were flying high, they've beaten ANU, they're... A win here would have put them right up in the you know top two or three and and set them up extremely well. So they'll be hugely disappointed. Um, Brenda Bella, on the other hand, you know it's been actually quite surprising how poor their start um, has been, especially that massive loss to White Eagles, which you know we all know uh, how big club White Eagles is, but I don't think anyone expected a score of that magnitude um, against Brenda Bella. So. Um, Ray's really done quite a good job to to pick up the pieces quite quickly and uh, get the team functioning again. And yeah, a huge huge win for them. You, you can't underestimate what they'll do to the mentality. Yeah, you know, a young team. Um, you know, they could really kick on from there. So it's very very good for them to just turn the the corner so quickly. Absolutely, uh, Matt. Who do we have? Uh, next up on our list of CPL fixtures. Next up was an absolutely huge match, what um, they refer to as the uh, the Balkan Derby, Canberra White Eagles against Queanbeyan City. This one ended in a 2-2 draw. Uh, White Eagles opened the scoring in the um, opening eight minutes into the derby as Prescus unleashed a curler of a shot around the defender and around the keeper uh, on the floor for the right for the far right post. Um, the curl seemed to sort of trick um, the keeper uh, just seemingly from the footage I was uh, seeing. It was an absolutely terrific shot. 
the got uh, the home side doubled their lead uh, as a quick counter attack ended with Kreskas unleashing another shot into the back of the net. This time it seemed to have uh, taken a bit of a deflection. It seemed, but regardless, you take that um, lead, especially when you've uh, done all the work with the counter attack and the shot. Quebian uh, though responded very well uh, to conceding two. Um, as they half the deficit three minutes later, a penalty was given to Queanbeyan as White Eagle as the White Eagles defender slid into the challenge in the box to win uh, to try to win the ball, uh, collecting the player in the process. Uh, Nico Abbott uh, was the one to step up from the spot kick and take the spot kick. However, it was saved for the Argentine. It was saved uh, by the White Eagles keeper. However, the Argentine. Uh, quickly got onto that rebound and placed it in the back of the net to make it 2-1. Only one goal uh, was scored in the second half as the Eagles goalkeeper leapt up to collect the ball, uh, dropped it um, on the way down, and Queenie took advantage and put it in the back of the net. None other than Nico Abbott was the one to score his brace here and secure a point for his side in the derby. Uh, this is also Abbott's third goal of the season. So... Unlucky stuff there from the White Eagles uh, keeper, but Queenbian, uh, you got to take advantage of those moments, and they certainly did. And from all accounts, uh, it seemed to be a really uh, good and competitive game, despite uh, the weather and the um, the rain over there at Woden Park in close. Good resolve from Queenbian uh, to bounce back, of course, like I mentioned, for that 2-0 deficit. And uh, like I mentioned before as well, taking advantage of the opportunities that are uh, that are provided and and that they provide themselves as well. Queenbeam remain top of the uh, of the table and extend their lead as well by one point as Belconnen lost to Ugali, as we'll mention soon. Uh, however, they play each other this weekend in a top-of-the-table clash at High Street. That one should be an absolute cracker, like we will also mention, sh- mention soon. And I'm sure White Eagles will be a little annoyed to concede the lead. Uh, however, they have shown over the last few games now uh that they have the real you know quality to push this season and again they showed it today to take two nil take a two nil lead against top of the table queenbian uh with the team they have um you know isn't an easy feat um and we weren't this uh the show where they beat um brindy's six nil that was the show that we didn't do that week and um yeah, to bounce back like that, get that match and have these sort of results. Um, White Eagles have bounced back well from that first weekend uh, of action. Webby, what did you make of this one? It seemed like a highly competitive matchup uh, despite the rain. Yeah, what a, an amazing game it seems to have been. Um, again, both teams, I think, came into this missing some pretty mm. key players. I think Zach Lawrence and Chris McEwen. And I think Chris Cook might have all been missing for White Eagles and Hassan Farage, um, Vasco Petrovsky probably missing for, for Queenbin. So some really big names out there. and But really just an absolutely amazing comeback from Queenbin to not only be, you know, they were they were, they were goal down and then uh, Michael Manso, you know. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Manso, he's, yeah. you know, an absolute... He's an absolutely fantastic player. He's such a danger, whether he's playing a centre-back or striker. But he, I would love to know his red card record in Canberra in a reasonably short... Well, he's been here for a number of years, but across first grade, now here, he, he piles them up and, you know, 
it's it's a risk they take with him because he is such an amazing talent. But you always carry that with you, and you know, an early red card, and then for White Eagles to score again, being on the opposition, you know, that's absolutely a heart crusher to be ten men down and then concede another goal and be two nil down. So to come back from that, absolutely amazing result from from Queenbeard. And and on the other side, White Eagles will be obviously devastated for that. I know, you know, it's my the uh kind of um bit of a rush of blood in there in that game and you can tell by the excitement penalties. I think uh Goring got sent off from the sideline as well in that game. Yeah, so another thing I forgot to mention. Um yeah you know, huge huge from from both teams. Just obviously Queenbeyan just getting that point, taking the lead and the table off Belconnor, you know, I think that that's extremely good uh psychological lift playing them this weekend. So, you know, really good for them. And I think pretty much you touched on this as well. From the White Eagles' point of view, you know, I don't mean myself too much uh, offence, but for White Eagles to to lose to Western State Ones in the in the Cup and then to lose to Gungahl and Juventus in Round 1, you know, they would have been thinking what is going on here. But to turn that around um, so quickly with that, obviously that win against Brenda Bella, and then, you know, coming up against who a lot of people's favourites to win this league, Queenbeard, and and taking a 2-0 lead. And, you know, as you said, they probably thought they should have won it. So um, really, really, again, similar we're talking about Brenda Bella, such a great, sharp turnaround from White Eagles from what was a really rough start for them. So, again, hats off to Angelo for that. And uh, there's two more matches between those two, so they should be also absolute crackers throughout the seasons and more to look forward to there. Uh, Michael, uh, who do we have next up? Uh, we make our way down the Riverina. Yes, Matt, we made our way to uh, Yulgali. It was uh, 3-1 to the hosts against Belconning United, so a fantastic result for them. The goal scorers for Yulgali in this one was Priest, a Buckmaster own goal, and Donna Dell before uh, Pandolfo uh, own goal for Belconnen United in this one. So a couple of own goals in this contest uh, between the two sides. Yulgali opened the scoring, though, through Priest nine minutes in. You know, he got on the end of a massive ball into the box and beat the keeper to the ball and headed it over him to make it 1-0. And, you know, they sort of just kept the ball rolling, didn't they, Matt? Two minutes later, Priest... Priest's shot, sorry, uh, ricocheted off uh, Will Buckmaster for an own goal as Yulgali doubled their lead up 2-0 after 11 minutes. So all the confidence in the world and just the start that they would have been hoping for. And then Ruben Donadell rounded out the goals just before halftime to give his side a 3-0 lead. A Darren Bailey corner was palmed away by the keeper as Donadell hit the rebound in with a nice header. But Belconnen United, you know, they went into the sheds. They came back out a lot more positive. They managed to get themselves back into the game and reduce the deficit in the 69th minute as a shot from Luke Vallone, I believe, was ricocheted off uh, Luke Pandolfo, as we mentioned uh, earlier with the own goal, into the back of the net, resulting in another own goal in this game. This is Belconi United's first loss of the season, their first loss in CPL since uh, being relegated from MPL. You know, they still remain in second place with Queanbeyan's draw. Uh, means they are three points behind top. 
and they have the opportunity to close the gap uh, as they played them this weekend. So it's a great opportunity for Bill Connor to bounce back uh, in that regard. It was a fantastic uh, victory, like I mentioned at the top, from Yulgali overall in this match. It was a great overall performance as they continue to make Solomad Stadium a fortress. You know, this is their second victory uh, of the season. They're now tie third with Wagga and ANU as they host uh, the former in the Riverina Derby, which is something, again, that we had mentioned a little earlier in the show. So, I mean, some cracking fixtures that we will soon break down. But first, Webby, what were your thoughts uh, on this result? Obviously, Balcona United's first loss uh, since, you know, uh, being relegated to the CPL uh, competition and an absolutely confidence-boosting win for Yulgali heading into the Riverina Derby next time out. Yeah, look, to say that I wasn't surprised <clears throat> would be a complete lie. Um, and that's no disrespect to Yulgali. It's just because I didn't think Belconnen would lose many games at all this entire season. So to lose one this early uh, is just surprising uh, in itself. I watched a good chunk of this game, and to be honest, um, Yulgali matched it more than matched it with Bill Bill Conan for a lot of the game. They were they were really good. And it's not like Bill Conan tr- uh, travelled with a weak side. You know, all their big players, Dustin and Zach Mabry and, um, you know, David Carter, uh, they, were all, they were all there. Um, Dave McCarran and Ugali just played extremely well. Um, they are very good at coming out of the blocks fast at home when other teams have travelled a long distance and are just a little bit leggy and they came out and they they really try and blow teams away early and they got that two-goal lead within 10 minutes and they've probably been watching a fair bit of Newcastle, I think, to realise it's a great tactic. And, uh, you know, it's always going to be hard then for Bell Conan to get back into it and then to put a third goal away just before half-time, you know, it's a fantastic effort from them. And... Look, I'm, I'm really expecting Yugali to potentially kick on a fair bit from this. It's, that's such a big boosting win to, to, to play against a team that, you know, we all know it's, it's a powerhouse of Canberra football for the last 40, 50 years. So to, to, to beat them um, when they were huge favourites for this competition just shows Yugali have nobody to fear at all in this competition. And, you know, I can see them really causing a lot of chaos in here and, and they'll be great to see them do well. We, we know how well they did in that first year when they came in, in that uh, COVID disrupted year where they just swept everyone aside. So who's to say that they can't do it again? Um, Belconnen obviously be hugely disappointed. Um, you know, they, we, they know they've got so many top level players, so many experienced players, but you know, it's just that that little bit of a sign to go. This competition's not going to be as easy as maybe some of them as expected, and now they're they're in the huge race. As we kind of said, there's a lot of teams piled up just behind them, and a massive, massive game against Queenbin. They don't get three points against Queenbin this weekend, and all of a sudden they're just right in the middle of a huge race. Absolutely, Webby. I think that's a good uh, point to raise. I mean, if they don't get a result uh, or the three points, you know, against Queanbeyan, there will certainly be a lot of questions floating about uh, in terms of their 
I guess, status for getting back into MPL next season. But we'll wait and see what happens. Nevertheless, Matt, do you want to break down the CPL round five fixtures before we wrap up uh, today's episode? Yeah, and as we mentioned in the show already, there's there's some absolutely cracking fixtures this weekend. Canberra White Eagles host ANU Saturday, May 6th, 3 p.m. at Woden Park in close. That's always a good encounter there. Uh, Brindabella Blues against Canberra at Juventus, Saturday, May 6th, 3 p.m. at Ipen Park in Corwell. Queanbeyan City against Belconnen United, Saturday, May 6th, 3 p.m. at High Street, the top of the table clash. And the Riverina Derby last up, Ugali Soccer Club against Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday, May 6th, 3.15 p.m. at Solar Mad Stadium. That sh- that one, all those matches should be absolutely exciting, especially considering how much, uh, if you go look at the table and then you just you know hear what we've been saying about how competitive it's been, uh, quite a lot there, Webby. Thanks so much for joining us. Glad to have you back on the show. And any last thoughts on uh, before we head off? Uh, no, look, let's just echo what you said. Those four games are mm. all, they've all got something about them. Um, whether they're a, you know, top of the table promotion feeling game or actually the bottom of the table and, you know, push away from that relegation feel. And I know it's early, but these are some big psychological battles with, you know, key rivals. ANU and White Eagles, you know, they've had, you know, they've been the key teams in this league for a number of years. So they've got a huge rivalry as well. So, and then that, yeah, Riverina game is always, always huge. Especially those two teams. The winner of that Riverina game will be sitting very pretty in the top four. So, you know, a lot to play for all those, all four games. There certainly is. Michael, any last words before you head off? I mean, hopefully we just don't have you nowhere know, near as bad weather oh, yeah. this weekend than we did last week. So hopefully we don't have any games pulled out uh, due to bad weather. We can only hope that it's going to be sunshine and rainbows. So <laughs> hopefully uh, some great quality action over the course of the weekend. Uh, we discussed sort of at length at different times during this episode. Uh, there's some great games on this weekend. So... I mean, if you're out and about, it'd be, you know, fantastic to sort of go and watch any of these games. There's so much action this uh, weekend and we can't wait to see what happens and get into it uh, next time we hop on. We certainly will. That was episode 76 of the Canberra Football Show, everybody. Uh, Enjoy your weekend and as always, enjoy the football. Enjoy the football.